Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever the mission, home or away, Enterprise helps over 120,000 people every day. With vans of all shapes and sizes, if you have a plan, Enterprise has a van. No matter if you need to rent for an hour, a day, a week or longer, Enterprise offers great rates for you or your business. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, I'm Andy Goldstein of, of course, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar. Weeknights on TalkSport, Monday to Thursday from 10, but that's irrelevant. You're listening to TalkSport Daily, where we get you up to date with all things sport and relive our favourite TalkSport moments from the day. On this show, you'll hear Danny Murphy's damning verdict on VAR, Simon Jordan's thoughts on Paul Pogba, as well as the best callers to the Sports Bar's Midnight Train to Madness, which is, of course, my favourite show. But let's start with Drive Time and Adrian Durham and Darren Goff talking about Manchester United's demolition, hammering, tonking of Chelsea at the weekend. Of course, I am completely and utterly unbiased. I didn't think Chelsea were that good. A lot of people said that they were. it was never a 4-0, and it probably wasn't a 4-0, no, but I thought Man United were comfortably the better side. And when you look at uh, Manchester United playing the ball out from the back and compare it to how Chelsea tried to play out the ball out of the back, it was like Premier League champions against non-league minnows are about to go into the Ryman Premier. It was an absolute shocker from Chelsea. They simply couldn't do it. And we've seen in the past, haven't we, how Chelsea fans do not, sorry, Chelsea players do not care who is the manager. If they want to down tools, they're going to down tools and I think that there's a potential for that happening with Frank Lampard now let me make that clear exactly what I mean here with 20 minutes left of the game Chelsea have gone three down having conceded two in three minutes and Frank Lampard brought Kante on now Sari would have been slaughtered for that the levels of hypocrisy from Chelsea fans are going to reach new unprecedented levels this season because they ain't going to slaughter Frank and now nobody wants Frank to succeed more than me yeah I think he's I think he's brilliant I think he's a great guy an incredible career I love the fact that he's married talent and hard work to achieve all he's achieved in the game believe me I as an Englishman want Frank Lampard to be successful but that doesn't mean I'm not going to scrutinize and ask questions and I think that that level of hypocrisy, I don't think, from Chelsea fans, I don't think he's going to do Frank Lampard any good. He needs to be scrutinised. He needs well, to... Well, after one game? Uh, Every decision. One, well, it's I, a 4-0 defeat. I, I, I'm sorry, mate. I, I kind of disagree, and I'll tell you why. Because I think when you look at the Chelsea, you've talked about Kante coming on. He's one of their best players. Right, it needs to get him some game time. He's coming back from that uh, an injury. He gets him onto pitch instead of Jorginho. He is more attacking. Kante he can get forward. He played in that more attacking role last year. That's why Sadi played him on that right side because he wanted him to get forward more. His other options on the bench were Tamori, Alonso, and Kennedy. So, if you had me a choice, I'd have brought Kante on as well. 
um, in, in that reflect. He did bring on Pulisic and Giroud, two forward players, to, to try and change it, and that's when it all went to pieces anyway. When you look at Chelsea, and they need these players back as soon as possible, unfortunately, Rudiger, Kante, Loftus-Cheek, Hudson-Odoi and Willian all could come into the starting eleven, And when they're fit, they will. Unfortunately, he hasn't got them at the minute. We know transfers coming in, that would take it out of anyone. If Manchester United would have gone into this season with Rashford out, Pogba out, Lingard out and Lindelof out, it'd have been exactly the same. You've got to surely give Chelsea time here. Yes, it's not ideal, 4-0. He could have easily shut shop and called it 2-0. But he was still going for the game. The manager's changed. Sam Allardyce, who's been a, a good manager in my book. I'm not going to slaughter his managerials because I think he's been brilliant over the years. Right? But to say, yeah, you've never chased the game. What, you just accept losing 2-0? Frank doesn't do that. The, this type of manager now will keep going for it. A Gerrard, a Lampard a soul scar are not bothered if they lose 4-0 I'm Paul Hawksby and this is TalkSport Daily Now to the press box where Simon Jordan the former Palace chairman and journalist Martin Samuel discuss the enigma that is Paul Pogba Ultimately, the narrative around Paul Pogba is that he is, you know, disruptive, that he is uh, an influence in the dressing room that's not for the positive, that he does say inopportune things at inopportune moments. You know, there's no doubt that there is a quality player there, but I still maintain the view that Alex Ferguson was right first time round. I, I feel that he's, you know, he, if it's not him, it's his agent that has something to say which is inappropriate. I don't think he does enough on the pitch to justify the perception that people have of him. I still go back to the World Cup of last year and people will bring out the fact he's a World Cup winner, but I, I look at Griezmann and I look at Mbappé and I look at Encanti and those players from the French team and say, yeah, I can understand what your contribution was. What I got to see from, from, from Pogba was a lot of noise in the dressing room. And I think what we've seen from Pogba as a player is a lot of noise at Man United and not enough substance, and certainly not enough substance on a regular basis for a £90 million footballer. Well, he's doing it again um, today. I mean, the follow-up story from uh, yesterday was not feeling not feeling quite like a Manchester United player. And, and, and again, it was, it was that talking... Uh, you know, throwing this, this speculation about his future, and, and which it's it really unhelpful. You've just beaten Chelsea four 0 and then it suddenly becomes about is Paul Pogba going to stay? Are they going to have this pressure because we've closed the transfer window early? Uh, are they going to have this pressure from abroad? The the other thing is, uh, as you say about the de- picking up on the point about divisiveness, that yesterday. He had a. He, he made two tremendous goals, uh, and the and the fourth goal, the, the 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 physicality of the run, and then the very deft touch at the end, just to roll it to Daniel James, absolutely fantastic. And yet, at the same time, there's a moment when he he goes driving into Chelsea's penalty area, and the move breaks down. And he's ambling back, and now Chelsea are flying at Manchester United, and he's still ambling back, and you're thinking, mate. Run, show some urgency, you've got to get back. And then it got to the position where it was beginning to look dangerous, and then he's broken into a, a you know, not, uh, be hard pushed to call it a sprint, to be fair. Usain, Usain Bolt would have liked to run against it. And then 
it breaks down and so the ball comes what, back to him and they get away with it. Marcy, it what sort of sense good. of character do you get from this player? Do you, do you, is he one of those players that you can go into the trenches with? Do you get that impression that he's a fair weather player that when it's a flat track bully, when it's going well, Pogba's there. When it gets tough, he's not got that sort of character. Yeah, I, I mean, I would certainly say that of Lukaku. I don't think it's I don't think it's quite like Lukaku. I always thought Lukaku was right. was was had that flat track, yeah, yeah, was flat track bully if you look at who he scores against and yeah. stuff. I don't think Pogba's quite like that because I've seen games against big teams where, but he certainly, you can close him down. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about that. You can close him down. On to the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast Show, where he and the former Aston Villa striker Dean Saunders were trying to get their heads around the VAR controversies over the weekend. Yeah, this could take some time. It's ridiculous, but at least we all know it's ridiculous. So we all we all know what the rules are now. If it yeah. hits your arm accidentally, or Tough. it's 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 a penalty, or or they disallow the goal. Mm. Uh, it's an interesting one. Alan Shearer this morning in the Sun. Fans should be able to hear what VAR referees are saying. The confusion helps nobody. I think we'd all like to hear what they're saying that you're doing rugby, Dino. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think um, the big issue for me is. You know when you look at Sterling's goal when his armpit is offside? When yeah. did the ball actually leave the player's foot? It's yeah. the, the frames that they they go in along. So what the rule is, they go back. They, they look at the frame where the ball has left his yeah. foot clearly and then they go back to the next frame just before it. But when players are moving that quick, passing each other, one's coming, stepping out mm. and Sterling's running in. Yeah. If they don't get the... The ball leaving the player's foot spot on, it can be a hairline yeah, and decision. Yeah, and, and I'm a great. Well, <laughs> there's not. It doesn't matter what I think, but when it's fractional and you're splitting hairs, forget it. You can't. You can't give it either way. You know, if it's a goal, it's a goal. But that's the problem, man. We all we we think like that, but you have to say that they get they they getting the decisions right. Apart mm. from, apart from, I can't understand the one at Watford when Glenn Murray's put his arm up. And it's hit his arm, and they don't give a penalty. Well, I thought if it hit your arm... Yeah, they have to. Outside your silhouette, which mm. is another rule they've made up. I think we're going to be sitting like this every Monday, wow. talking about handballs yeah. and, and penalty decisions. Speaking to Jim White and Natalie Sawyer, Danny Murphy gave his thoughts on VAR as well. And, of course, Danny didn't hold back. I still think we're too far into technology I don't know where the balance would be and it's just it's just my view that it's something doesn't feel right at the moment when I'm watching football mm-hmm. that I agree with the Wolves manager two minutes celebrating then you take away that joy then the other team the other fans are celebrating a non-goal it's like mm. two minutes waiting around the the the, the Sterling goal that he did that did get allowed when he was like muted celebration because he was thinking is this one going to get taken away the fans was a muted the pictures of the Man City fans they were clapping I mean it was like a, a ballet uh, applause a, a, you know like saying thanks for the end of the it's like they're isolated mm. I know and the majority of VAR and what it did at the weekend was good they did get some decision that would have maybe not been corrected Mm. made right but, so, but you've always called for the right decision to be made and this but, is the, pro- the process the, the, prob- the problem is the problem is Perfection is never going to happen because some of the some of those decisions and this is I went to the conference and it was really helpful because what I did like was that what they were trying to say is that they're going to really try hard to set the bar high in terms of overturning anything 
unless it's really a, a bad, a bad yeah, wrong yeah, decision. Yeah. And I like that mindset because sure. that's the mindset that made the World Cup run quite smoothly in Russia. So, although I have, I, I'd still, if you give me a choice now, I'd, I'd knock it on the head. Var still. And Why? I don't, Why? Well, you, because what you do away with it. I would, yeah. Because you, I think the percentages. Sorry, I should have them written down. The percentages of the officials getting offsides and decisions right, penalties, etc. Last last few years is huge. So they gave me the the numbers. The difference that VAR would have made was about seven percent, maybe or nine percent max, something like that. Forgive me if that's out of percent or two. So the referees and the officials were doing a, a damn good job. Let's be honest; they do a good job. We've got probably the best ones in Europe, as far mm. as I'm concerned. Mm. So all this contention around some of this, you know, do we really want to see goals being disallowed for an offside that's an armpit? An armpit ahead of another armpit? By a, by four millimetres? Yeah, okay, four millimetres offside by the letter of the law. But it's supposed to be an entertainment business, isn't it? You know, John Watson made a great point on the, one of these, on, on this station the other yeah. day, and he was talking about daylight. You know, daylight, you know, make the offside line, bod, not body, not crossover of an arm or a leg or a toe. It's like, if you're... If there's daylight between you and defender, you're offside. That's more. That's more simplistic and more. But, but and you're saying this morning you would call time on VAR. I, I I sat on this show, Jim, and ranted about VAR, didn't I? I, I? I am saying by going to the conference, it's helped me, and and I understand where they're trying to come from with it. Yeah. And I do think it will do some good. And if it does help eradicate, especially the simulation and the cheats and all that, great. But I did also talk, if you remember, about there's other ways of doing that. With having better retrospective but action, VAR is not the answer for you. VAR, VAR, not, VAR, not for me, VAR for me is is and hopefully gets better. Even this weekend, is still creating too many areas of t of chat like this. I'd rather be talking about tactics. I'd rather be talking about players. I'd rather be talking. It's just an opinion. It's personal preference. Maybe I'm a bit old school. Maybe I've, I think back to watching football with my old man playing it when I didn't have all this. Nonsense around three two-minute waits for always. Was it in amber? Was it not? It's like it's been given. Get on. Mm. I was at the World Cup cricket at Lords, and not out or out. And you just look at the screen, and they do it as quickly as you can, and the crowd go with it. Not not a hint yeah, of disapproval about, or dissent. I'm not from the saying. Crowd. I've never said that, that the excitement and tension around waiting for that screen to say yes or no is is bad. But it's not the same as the euphoric moment when a goal goes in and the raw emotion is natural. It's instinctive. <laughs> Hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. 
With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. And to John Motson, the legend that is, who was on with Max Rushton, who? No, never heard of him. And Andy Jacobs, talking about the Premier League action over the weekend and the new laws which have been brought in to encourage attacking play. So I'm told over and over again. The goalkeeper being able to kick the ball to a colleague from the goal kick without it going outside the 18-yard area, that, that means that teams that want to play from the back can start it off there. That seemed to work okay to me. The defensive wall... Now, the attacking team can't go within a metre, but I've already... The, the, uh, people have worked this one out. They're forming their own wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just over a metre away. But, yeah. the, I mean, the big problem for this is that referees need now will need to use twice as much vanishing spray yeah. this yeah. season as they did last season because you have to have a spray for the wall and a spray for the but don't, attacker's why do wall. To, why do you have to have a spray for the attacker's wall? The attackers can be anywhere they like, can they, with the ball? Why do they don't have to be 10 yards away? No, they? but they have to be a metre from the other wall. So you have to oh, draw the... Oh, to be a metre. Oh, I see. Yeah, so that's the to, line, yeah, is that metre. Yeah, it's double foam. It's great for the spray, foam spray manifest. Oh, that's <laughs> that's the bonus this, is, this. this was the summer to come in. And the other one, um, <laughs> the substitute or player being substituted has to leave the field at the nearest point. Yeah. And he can't waste a minute or two walking across to the touchline mm. bench. Mm. Lamella was booked. At he Tottenham was, yeah. When he was substituted. So, do you think now they'll be getting to the absolute mid? It's like what's the what's the furthest place from water? Is it Birmingham in England? Is that's what <laughs> you've got to do? Is you've got to get to the absolute middle of the centre circle for your substitution to take the longest amount of time well, possible. Yeah, people to might, come off. might do that. Uh, we also we haven't mentioned Burnley, and uh, no. I said on Friday they, they had a wonderful second half of the season, as good as anyone practically, apart from the top two, and uh, a decent start, Motti. Yeah. Well, thanks to Ashley Barnes, really, who I think somebody, there was a headline in the one of the papers at the weekend, is he the most underrated striker in the Premier League? Well, I don't know, but it, he might be a candidate. Um, takes his goals well, doesn't yeah, he? he? Really and does. Burnley, of course, who had, the, sort of had an up and down two years, haven't they, really? They had the season when they got into Europe, and then they had the season like last year where they had to wait a long time for their first win. Um I agree with Andy. I think the thing about Burnley is you know what you're getting because Sean Dyche, he doesn't make a lot of changes, does he? Um, he didn't. And Pope backing goal. Pope backing goal. Plus, which is, which Rodriguez is still to come into yeah. it yet later. Yeah. I mean, it was very windy. Uh, it was very funny to see a Premier League player just have a ball just blow over his head. Yeah. Best of guard, wasn't it? But but you're right, Ashley Barnes. I wonder if now we've said he's underrated so many times, he's now rated the right amount. <laughs> but he does take, you know, the first touch for that goal was was excellent and, and the finish was very good as well. I'm impressed with him, yeah. Yeah, and good finish from Mope for uh, Brighton. That's, that looks... I like, thought so. Yeah, yeah he looks to be... I, I mean, he, he could do it at championship level. It looks like, you know, he, he's going to bring something to the Premier League too. Well, I mean, I think Brighton have, did have to get another striker up there because Glenn Murray's 37 or whatever and, I mean, Mope's record at Brentford was impressive. So I, I think they'll. As I said, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with Brighton. I, I, I thought to myself, there yeah, they may have something here because what Graham Potter will have done, he will have incorporated the good work that Chris Hutton did, mm. especially at the back, mm. um, instilling his own thoughts about 
how they go forward. Uh, keep your eye on them. It might, might, might be fun. And finally, from Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar, I think the best show on Talk Sport. You can hear it Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Anyway, this is me, Andy Goldstein, and what's his name, Jason Themajig, with some of the best bits of the Midnight Train to Madness. I imagine, though, they're just going to play the whole of the Midnight Train to Madness because they're only the best bits. Yeah, it's Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Jamie from South London. Hi, Jamie. Hi. So, I've got a quick story. Um, last weekend, I was on a tube. And I saw... Uh, yeah, well, I was on a tube going somewhere, but I saw a beautiful woman in the, in the Oyster queue line, yeah? So, she's looking at me. I'm looking at her. I'm thinking to myself, bloody hell, I'm going to have to have a word with her. So, she's in the queue before me. So, she's walked off. I've not even got my Oyster card because it was taking too long. So I've just ran off behind her. And I don't know if you know, but sometimes you can kind of squeeze through the barriers. Both of you can squeeze through the barriers at the same time. Right. So I've caught up with her at the barriers. I've squeezed through the barriers. We've gone down onto the tube. I'm talking to her saying, what's up, baby? Can I get your number? Blah, blah, blah. She says she's down here for a little festival and she's from Bournemouth. And um, she basically gave me her number. So she's got onto the tube and I've walked off all happy as Larry thinking to myself, oh, I'm going to give her a call later. I've walked up the tube and instead of putting a number in my phone, I've tried to ring it. So it's in my call log. But because I'm in the tube, you can't make no calls on the tube, can you? So the calls, the the numbers just disappeared. So I'm halfway up the tube, like halfway up the escalator, thinking to myself, no way I've got to get that number back. So I've turned around and I've ran back down the escalator the wrong way, knocking people out of the way. Wow. And basically got back to the tube just before the door shut. I've jumped on the tube and everyone's looking on me, looking at me on the tube like I've just broken out of jail or something. <laughs> so I've looked down one side of the tube. The tube is packed by this time. I've looked down one side of the tube, can't see her. Looked down the other side of the tube, still can't see her. So I'm thinking, she's told me she's going to Frisbee Park. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait until Frisbee Park. But then I'm thinking, nah, because if I wait until Frisbee Park and get out on the tube with her, I'm going to look like some sort of stalker, aren't I? Yes, yes. So I said to her, <laughs> so I said to myself, you know what? Let me let the train empty out after a couple of stations, and then hopefully I'll be able to spot her. Anyway, a couple of stops later, the train's emptied out. I've looked down the tube line and I've seen her. So I've got off one of. The- oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, one second. Come on, come on. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Hold on. I don't want to get rid of him, all right? We've still got one more dump left. So just to inform you, because you would have missed about seven seconds, he swore, but only because he was getting very excited about the story, yes. right? So are you still there? <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, I'm still here. Sorry about that. Listen, <laughs> let, let, me just, let me just say, right, that if you swear again, that we haven't got another dump. Yeah, and the, and the story will never come oh, out. Okay. So just to reiterate, no you waited for the tube, uh, the, the train you were on to clear out a bit, and then you saw her, then what happened? I saw her in the other carriage. So I've come out of the car- my carriage that I'm on and I've got onto her carriage. She looked at me like, how the hell did you find me? Yeah, where did you come from? The last time I saw you, you was going up the escalator. Now you've just spotted me three stops later. How did you find me? So I said to her, well, I've tried to explain to her the whole story, but the tube is very packed out and I didn't want to really embarrass her I just basically wanted to get her number back yeah. so I said listen I've got a lot to tell you I'll, t- I'll explain it to you later can I have your number again so she looked at me all straight she said okay so I've given her the phone she's put the number in I've got off the tube it just so happens we both ended up at Frinsley Park I'm supposed to be going the opposite way anyway so I've walked off happy 
She's walked off. I made sure I've stored the number in my phone and everything. Got home, a couple of hours later, you know, you give it a little time. You don't, you don't chase them down. You give them a little time. Couple so I've messaged her and I've said to her, you know, how are you? How was your day? Blah, blah, blah. She's read my message and not replied. So I'm thinking, okay, she's probably at the festival. She's probably having a nice time. Right. Let me message her tomorrow. So I've messaged her tomorrow. She still hasn't replied. Can you just explain to me, why would you give me your number? <laughs> why would you see me go through that craziness and still not reply to none of my messages? I'm Jason Cunny. This is TalkSportSingles.com. <laughs> Well, there you go. How much fun was that? You've been listening to TalkSport Daily. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss your daily dose of TalkSport. Mm, that just sounds wrong, doesn't it? And don't forget, on the Alan Brazil Breakfast Show this morning, Big Al is joined in the studio by the former Manchester United manager, David Moyes. Nope, I don't remember that, rain. And from 7pm, it's Salford City v Leeds United. That will be live on TalkSport. Hugh Wozencroft is hosting. And, of course, me and him, Jason Thingamajig, We'll be taking your calls from 10pm on the Sports Bar, as we do Monday to Thursday from 10pm on the Sports Bar on TalkSport, Monday to Thursday from 10pm, which in my opinion is, OK, it's time to go, I know. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. See you tomorrow. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.